On this episode of Resi Week, Inmate tries Resi at Infocom, Sonos launches the Beam, and Amazon launches the Fire TV Cube. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week episode 123. Will it reboot? Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Peerless AV, the official outdoor display provider of Daytona International Speedway, and by Crest Drive. Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for AVNation.tv, and today I'm pleased to be joined by my partner in crime all of last week. That's right. It's George Tucker. He is the in, he is an industry educator and writer. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. Recovering from uh, all the activity and the heat stroke of Las Vegas, but 110 is no fun. No, no. And as you can tell by my botched intro, me too. Uh, next, we have Stephen Bronner. He is the president of Pro Audio Georgia. How you doing, buddy? I am outstanding. It's a beautiful day in Georgia. Excellent. Thanks for being here. Last but certainly not least, George, joining us from across the pond is Bruno Napoli. He is our, our, our one and only industry gaffer evangelist. How are you, sir? I'm very well, and it's a very beautiful day in London, too. Uh, the sun is shining, and I'm panning my skin uh, on the sun. That's fantastic. All right, gentlemen, let's let's kick this off. Uh, George and I and, and 40-something thousand of our closest friends spent all of last week in Las Vegas at Infocomp 2018. And George wrote a wonderful article that is posted in Residential Systems, a resi guide to Infocom control on a budget. George visited uh, Imminate. Uh, I trust him getting that wrong. Or is that right? <laughs> getting that right. Sounds uh, about right. Sounds about right. And uh, looked at their, their new line. And again, it was a bit of a interesting mix because Inimate looks to be uh, really a residential product, and they were showing on the Infocom show floor. This is a, a, a bit of a DIY smart home control system. George, give, me, give us a quick overview of this, this product and, and why you, you found it, sought it out on the floor. I, well, there's a couple of reasons. One, it was one of the few residential representations at the show, given that one of the seminars was the integrated life with all of the combinations of Bruno's favorite stuff, the GAFA, coming in line to our industry and driving some of its sales, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, you know what, what begets what, right? Google and Alexa begets somebody wanting lighting control and eventually wanting better lighting controls than just the Hughes Phillips, you know, dim me and make me a disco ball stuff. So the good news is that these guys were taking on the idea that what, what is the low cost market willing to bear and how do we get a quality product to them? So it uses Wi-Fi, it uses Bluetooth for programming, uh, but Wi-Fi for communication it uses a cloud verification one-time system. It's got a mesh network that's self-healing. It's got a lot of interesting features. Um, we talked about some of them at the show, like the lighting stuff with backlit was very nice. The product felt solid. Uh, they had a few, you know, sensors for security so you can broach across that. It's got a few items that can talk Ethernet so you can maybe control your media player and some other stuff, right? So overall, it did what it was supposed to without looking like a real DIY. It's got elements to it, but what was really interesting on the 
positive or maybe not the so positive side was these are some of the refugees from v- the Colorado VNet and from TIO. TIO. So yeah. you've got a little bit of a mix here of an interesting product at a market level that seemed to fit a price point that we can never really get to and have expandability. I think the products were anywhere from 100 to 150 dealer. That's just not, not a bad, bad price. Really. Yeah. No, Bruno, let me, let me come to you on this real quick. When we start looking at these kind of products, one, um, I found it very interesting to see something that was this residential on the Inco, Infocom show floor. But more importantly, when we look at stuff like this, is this that transition piece that allows those GAFA wannabes, the, 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 the homeowners that are really focused on DIY? Is this one of those products that lets us kind of bridge the gap between what they want to buy off Amazon or at a Best Buy or the local Radio Shack and what we actually supply as, you know, uh, residential integrators? Um, to answer the first uh, part of your question, I'm quite sure that those kind of products can also fit in the professional industry. I mean... I don't see I don't see why it will not fit into a lot of professional uh, job. This is first, and yes, for the second part of your question, it is filling a huge gap because from now on, every electrician on earth will be able to smartify a house with almost the same product that they use to connect every day. So you don't need to be an engineer now to smartify a home. You just need to connect exactly the same product that you used to to connect every day. And there's just a little bit of programming that would be quite easy to do. Um, I know two other brands like this, one in the UK called Lightwave, RF, and they are doing quite the same. And it's very easy to program. And uh, since two months or three months in France, we have Le Grand, uh, that is a big company that you all know also in USA. Le Grand also launched its own system quite the same like this. And it's, you know, this, it's addressed to the electricians. It's a message to say to, to the electrician guys, you can smartify a house quite as you use to make electricity not far away from, from today. And you can program it like this with an iPad. Very good. Steven, I want to come back to you on this one as really the, the integrator of the show today. Um, when we look at this, you, you and I have had a lot of discussions as well as discussions with a larger part of the CDA community about this DIY entry point. This is an automation platform uh, or automation devices that really fit that DIY and you know, real entry level CDA channel products. Where does, where does this fit? This, this may not fit your company specifically, but does this fit in for that entry-level integrator who's just trying to offer a real low-cost solution? Well, this isn't the first, uh, first company to the party here. So uh, let's keep in mind there was, you know, Clare Controls, which this is exactly what Clare Controls claimed to be. Um, so is it, is there a place for it in the industry? I would say 
Sure, right over there with all the other guys that are doing it. You know, they say there's only a couple of companies, but honestly, there are a lot of companies trying to fill this niche. Uh, the, the, what keeps happening is, is that they can't quite pull it off. Um, you know, it's, it's a great idea. Uh, it's kind of like water powered cars or, you know, nuclear fission. There, it's, it's an awesome idea, um, but whenever you get down to it, is it practical? Does it work? Is it easy? Um, just like everything else in our world that's supposed to be DIY, it ends up being do it for me. Uh, they buy this stuff. I uh, was tweeting the other day with Haggai, and I told him, you know, of the top three problems we have in our industry, uh, for my company, our top three maintenance things are cable boxes, um, uh, cable boxes, Apple TVs, and products that customers buy because their friends told them it was cool and they want us to put them in. You know, that's, so this reminds me of one of those products. We're going to walk into a house and the client's going to go, oh, I bought all this stuff off of Amazon or buymecheap.com or whatever. Can you automate my house with it? And we're going to be looking at it going, um, sure. Do you know the limitations? Uh, and so, yeah, I think it's a great idea to allow electricians to do some automation. Uh, but what you're going to run into is, is that um, that industry doesn't want to do that. Um, I come from an electrical background, have a very extensive electrical theory uh, education and work with a lot of electricians. And I can tell you that I don't know a single one, not even one that has ever come to me and said, I would really like to get into mesh networking. Uh, that's where I want to be in life. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe well, to that there's, point, there's, I just want to, I want to cover something because you said it. Uh, they're not a DIY, just be clear. They are a dealership. They run through dealers and they want to be trained. Now, again, it's not, it is aimed at, like you said, the electricians, uh, but I will say maybe it's a regional thing, but in the Northeast, I know lots of electricians when I was doing MDUs who wanted to get into not just pulling the Cat 5, though they pull it like it's BX and that's annoying. But, exactly. <laughs> but, so that's, but that's an important caveat. So let's they kind of want to get into that and they kind of want to see where they can make more market share. Uh, they okay. don't understand it. I get you. But there is this low cost level that we can't grab, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and we're, we're seeing that here too, that there's a lot of uh, electricians and and even data guys who are trying to jump into the home, smart home market and doing things. Well, they're only trying to do that because they see money. Mm -hmm. They're not trying to do it because they understand it. They're not trying to do it because they really want to do it. They're trying to do it because their margins are shrinking. And so they're like, okay. well, if I could take this guy out of the house, so if I could do half the work that the low voltage guy is doing, that's more money in my pocket. So, yeah. I see that, but when you say that they're dealership oriented, I want to point out the fact that so is Lutron, and yet all the electricians can walk into any supply house and get Radio Raw 2. So, you know, whenever, and I've run into this on projects where a client will say, my electrician or my friend is an electrician and he can get me all these Radio Raw 2 products, I just need you to, to program it. And so it, what will start off as a great idea, just like once again, um, I don't see a lot of difference between this and clear controls, except for, you know, four or five years of advancements in technology from when Claire started, you know what I mean? So, Steve, so Steven, excuse me. Ahead. 
you are talking about small company uh, with all due respect, clear control, uh, light web RF, and um, and imitate. Those are, from my point of view, small companies. But I'm talking about Legrand. You know Legrand? They okay. have the power to they have the power to distribute this to every single electrician on earth. And maybe overnight they will not let them the choice. From now, every socket are connected. End of the story. You know they can do it. I don't disagree with you, Bruno, but we were specifically talking about Emanate. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, if you want to talk about Legrand, Legrand is a beast. They're, they are a monster in the industry. They're a monster in the electrical industry. They have become a monster in the home, uh, in the residential industry. So residential AV industry with all the brands that they've acquired. So I have a lot of respect for Legrand and I, I no doubt 100% agree with you that they could do this. They're also working on smart breakers um, if I have heard correctly, I don't know mm -hmm. if you're familiar with that, but smart breakers may change. I mean, imagine being rid of transfer switches for backup generators. I mean, yeah. that is, that is, so they're a big, they, they really are. But if we're talking about a company like Emanate, now you're talking, like you said, a small company. And I think it's a great idea. I'm not knocking it. I love ideas. The thing is, is that um, as someone who considers himself to be a historian and a, and a person who studies our, our industry intimately, I will tell you that um, it just seems like everybody's trying to hit this price point. Um, and it's just not, it's, it's really the technology and the knowledge that it takes to hit that, that level of integration is just, I don't think it's doable at that price point. And, and that's, to me, that's why Apple failed at networking. Um, to me, that's why these other companies, because they come in and they promise the world because they have all this money and then they, they start working on the technology and they're like, holy crap, this is really hard. And so next <laughs> thing you know, they stop doing it. And yeah, it is really hard. Uh, but I wish them the best of luck. I, I, there, people, a lot of people say, well, we don't need any more control systems. We don't need, yes, we do. We need yeah, all it fosters the innovation. We need all the competition and innovation we can get. We need it from, from America. We need it from uh, London. We need it from sure. Asia. We need it from everywhere. We need the competition. We need all the different technologies like KMA. We, yeah. we need innovation, uh, sure. Yeah. When, I, when I start talking about this, I'm thinking of things like KNX. And, and I am not a big fan because I, I do ladder logic and, and PLCs and industrial robotics. Don't necessarily care for it. But, um, you know, back to the, the, the main point, which is it is a viable idea. I just don't know if they're going to be able to do it any better or any cheaper than anyone that has failed at it before them. Very good. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to our next story as we're talking about price points. Uh, this comes to us from CE Pro. Sonos Beam soundbar is full of firsts. It includes AirPlay 2, Surrey, HDMI, but no Atmos in case you were wondering. Uh, this came out this past week, actually, while we were walking the floor of, uh, of Infocom. It is a $399 US Beam soundbar, uh, which is not half the price, but close to half the price of their previous play bar that was uh, slightly larger. Bruno, I'm going to come straight to you on this one. Uh, you and I have talked about Sonos in the past. We talked about it in the, the pro show or the, the pre-show as we were leading up to recording this. Um, this is a, this is a, fairly advanced soundbar for uh for sonos and should be very effective given its price point 
when we start talking about them using control with HDMI, HDMI has kind of been a, a pain point for a lot of integrators trying to use CEC or ARC uh, to make systems function. I love the concept. Can Sonos actually make this work where pretty much everyone else has had a love-hate relationship with this? Mm. Of course, we talked about this just before the show and, and we said that they took their time. You know, Sonos, mm -hmm. when they do something, they took their time. They are not in a hurry to do a mistake. So for the moment, Sonos has done quite a zero fault on almost all product they, they've been delivered. Okay? So I trust if they took time enough to do it, and I trust them to do something that will work with all the stuff that normally does not work very well. So I trust them. Let's, let's see what they're going to do with uh, uh, CC and ARC, but I'm not very worried. Very good. George, I, I wanted to get into this with you. When we start looking at Sonos, don't, don't. You were with me when I was complaining on the floor about this. Um, one of the things that I didn't really kind of put everything together until I started researching it for this show, they're hitting a price point that they've never hit before in a, in a soundbar product, right? At, at $400, this is something that's really easy to put into every auxiliary bedroom or auxiliary TV location in a house if they're already getting Sonos. But this just came out. They, about a month ago, fired 100 employees. Hmm. Oh, and yeah, they're going to file an IPO in the next couple of months with a valuation of, Stephen, stop laughing in the background. Wait, you'll get your chance, man. They're, they're going to file an IPO. This is an incredibly, for them, it seems, a very technologically advanced product. It's going to have Alexa, Siri control, uh, Google control from the sounds of it. The whole gamut, you're going to be able to control your TV and everything else, in theory, from this device using your phone or your voice. And they're filing an IPO. Is this something that they've sat on waiting for that IPO filing? Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, here's, here's the conflict. Uh, did the product that was previously released make its sales quota, right? Did it live its product life for profit? That's the big question. They may have had it. Uh, as we all know, manufacturers will manufacture stuff, get ready for the release. But if the controller X is, is three years old, but it really hasn't ended its life cycle and you haven't made it back as much as you want, you're going to hold back unless the market demands something more. And I think you might have both of those things happening here right now. They had something. The market was still buying what they had. There wasn't a huge demand. The last year or so, has proven that that integrated system of consumer and prosumer is actually mm -hmm. what is desired. They came out with it and they jazzed it up. Now, why they couldn't get Atmos, I don't know. I think it might have been more technological than licensing, but that's just the feeling I get. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, that as well. You know, we're going to what I have always called the prosumer world. Not for everybody, not for the 1% market, not even maybe for the 3% market, but it's a prosumer world. You can buy it off the shelf, then have someone professional tweak it right. Or they can put it in, but it's not hard to replace. It's not a proprietary, mm -hmm. only it system, right? I mean, Sonos kind of is, but you know what I mean by that? Like I can just get yeah. someone to do it. Yeah, um, yeah go ahead. Steven, I want to I come to you on this. Um, this is something that ha has hurt. Uh, I, 
let, let me phrase this properly. This is something that's hurt Sonos dealers in the past. The play bar at $800 in, in Canada is a little bit pricey for a spare bedroom at times when someone is only buying Sonos. It's a little pricey. This seems to fit the bill. But what I found interesting, and I, I, I know you're not a huge Sonos supporter per se, uh, or a dealer per se, but as a dealer, I got the consumer facing email about four hours before I got the dealer facing email saying, oh, by the way, we're getting this new product. I had two client email me in between those two things. And I had to go to uh, the web to find out more information because my dealer channel didn't supply me with that. We keep hearing that Sonos is, is very concerned or very heavily invested in our channel. Is this my rep being terrible? Which is possible, not calling them out. As you notice, I didn't name them. But is that what's going on or is that something that, that is getting around the whole thing? Ooh, okay. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take one minute and I'm gonna blow the top off of this thing. Number one, uh, let's, let's keep, let's put everything in a bracket here. And that is Sonos is looking to file an IPO. They let go of a bunch of people to increase the bottom line profit immediately. So that increase that decreases cost and increases profit margins immediately. Then they announce that they're going to release this holy grail of products that gives all the Wi-Fi functionality, all the CEC functionality, all the functionality that everybody wants. They're going to release this product, but it's going to come out just shortly after the IPO happens. Okay, call me a cynic. Um, you know what? If uh, AV Pro Connect and Crestron and uh, Key Digital and all these other companies at Lona that specialize in HDMI communication and technology can't seem to get, um, just can't seem to get that uh, to work right. CEC just never quite works works right, but now you're telling me that Sonos, who makes a network-based audio system that crashes any network that it occupies more than four or five devices, uh, from you know broadcast storms and things like that, mm -hmm. uh, that's pretty widely known. So uh, Sonos, who makes a great network audio device, has now come out of nowhere and become an HDMI expert for CEC right before an IPO. I don't think so. So um, we'll see. We'll see how it comes out. Um, no, I'm not a huge Sonos fan, but I did do a feature on their booth at CEA this year. You should look it up on YouTube. It was fantastic. I remember it. Fantastic. <laughs> but um, but what I will say is is that uh, I'm I am a fan of companies that support our industry. They have never once shown an ounce of support for our industry, not one time. So what I say is, is show oh, very good. Show me, just show me. That's it. And I'll leave it at that. All right, gentlemen, let's hit one last story really quickly before we go. This comes to us from digitaltrends.com. Uh, speaking of CEC and controlling your TV with your voice and all that fun stuff, Amazon Fire Alexa. Uh, this is... <clears throat> Amazon's latest uh, version of their Fire Stick or their Fire TV products. This is their Cube. And like the, uh, the, the Sonos Beam, it's expected to be able to control your cable box, your TV, uh, your surround sound receiver. Steven, let, let's start with you on this one. 
this is expected to come out and as the the article states be your cable box's best friend again they're going to control things over a little bit of ir a little bit of cc uh etc are you holding out hope to to see this and, and see if this functions or are you just instantly looking at the specs and saying yeah no um, so, uh, if anybody needs a close friend, it's a cable box. So, um, I will say that, uh, as the bane of my existence, uh, anyone who tells me that they can make a cable box work properly, I'm down for that. Um, so what I will, what, what I guess my overall take on this is once again, we have a company that doesn't specialize in control telling us that they're going to tackle a subject that all these major control companies have tried to tackle. I mean, they're gonna work with your surround sound receiver. They're gonna work with this, they're gonna work with that, really? Because in 2016, Pioneer used one set of drivers and one set of codes, and in 2017 and 18, they switched over to Onkyo and Integra and Pioneer using the same codes. So you're telling me that a company the size of Amazon is now gonna track down every IR code and every driver and every network interface and make all this stuff work. That's not what they do. They are an information and a package moving company. They are not a control company. Um, however, in my opinion, they asked Jeff Bezos, you're the richest man in the world. What are you gonna do next? You know what he said? Whatever I want to. <laughs> so maybe, if anybody's going to pull it off, maybe it's Amazon, maybe it's Elon Musk, maybe it's yeah. Jeep, but we'll see. Somebody will pull it off. I just don't know if it's going to be Amazon. Very good. Bruno, let me, let me ask you this. When yeah. you look at this, knowing that initially this will release in the U.S., et cetera, um, is this something that you're sitting back saying, I can't wait to control my TV with my voice? I can already control my TV with my voice. If I have an Alexa system, I don't need the FireCube TV. The FireCube, no? Well, sorry, yeah. I didn't... No, no. Just essentially with, with the, the new FireCube saying that it's going to control everything else in addition to that. The cable box. That confuse you? A little, but yeah. you know what? You, my my take on, on this on this fire cube, if they say that they are going to be the cable box best friend, is there mm -hmm. a power socket behind to reboot the cable box or not? <laughs> that's, that's that's for me. That's for me the most important. If you want to take control of the cable box, you need a power socket that will reboot the, the, the cable box. That's for me, that solves 99% of the problem. Just you turn on the system, you reboot automatically the, the cable is, box. And that is why we love Bruno, right there. That <laughs> is the greatest. <laughs> That goes down to greatest hits of 80 nations. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was accurate. That was fantastic. Very good, Bruno. George, the, the, the thing that I find very intriguing about this is they're saying that they're going to have this down to uh, be able to tell the difference between if you're watching TV in your, like on your couch, you can control it. And even though you have a, you know, an island behind you for your kitchen with another echo or something in your kitchen, it's going to tell the difference between where you are. Do you trust that 
the majority of these features will actually work as advertised? I think some of the technology is the right direction, right? Yes, you're going to have to have that required differentiation of who's speaking, when they're speaking, and to what device. And they cross over too frequently nowadays. And in order for them to do that, that, that will be the, the kicker where these things can sort of work in that. Uh, they say that this will also be able to tell between playing music and other media and differentiate your voice from that so they can hear you while it's playing and, and change up. What really to me amazes me is that it's got all kinds of interesting ideas about control, about ethernet, about being able to work together with all of these different sources. Mm -hmm. And that's what they really want to do. I, you know, I guess I'm talking about the thing is, I don't know if they can do it. I think like Steven said, it's a great idea. There's lots of concepts here that we want. I just haven't seen it practically work yet. And we know what our experiences with Alexa's and with the, even the good ones, even Google Home, who's supposed yeah. to have a better speaker and all that stuff. It's still, it's a fight sometimes. You're still going, Alexa, Alexa, and fighting with it. So I'm, 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 I'm not as high on that as I was on the other stuff. Can I, can and I interject on, just one little point here? Um, yeah, we'll edit you out anyways. The, that's, <laughs> awesome. that's awesome. So the main thing that I want to point out is that all these manufacturers have missed, and it just blows my mind that they can't catch on. They want to have these devices in multiple rooms, but they put the best freaking microphones in the world in every device and don't give you any way to limit the range of the microphone. Uh, so, mm -hmm. so, and here's, here's my thing. That seems like a no-brainer to me. Like I talked to one of the engineers that works on Google Home, and he was like, that has never come up in a conversation. I was like, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> so, um, so that's the thing. If you want them to work in different rooms and you want them to be able to differentiate between the rooms, you've got to fix the freaking microphones. I'm 20 foot from my Alexa right now, and every single time one of you guys has said Alexa, she has responded. Well, I'm in my living room and that's in my kitchen. Mm. So, and it's an open floor plan, but you see my point is I can't say only here for 15 foot because you're in the kitchen. So that is the weakness. Interesting. Very good. Well, thank you gentlemen for joining us today. Uh, <coughs> George, if people want to connect with you, where can they do that? On social media, I am Tucker Twos. Uh, I write for several trade magazines. You can find me there. Excellent. Steven, thanks so much for joining us again. If people want to connect with you, find you online, where can they do that? Uh, local mental hospital. Um, anywhere where there's something crazy going on. Seriously, uh, Pro Audio GA, Pro Audio underscore GA on Twitter, ProAudioGeorgia.com. I'm easy to find. Uh, if you holler, I'll probably answer. Excellent. Thanks again. Bruno, thanks for joining us. I'm assuming late at night. Uh, if people want to connect with you, where can they do that? Uh, they can Twitter me, uh, Bruno Napoli. Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn. They can find me on Instagram, Bruno Napoli also. Just Google me and you'll find me. Bruno Napoli, GAFA, Google. You, <laughs> you'll find me. Problem solved. Excellent. Thanks again for joining us. For myself, if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please stop by avnation.tv. You'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our underwriters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you support them as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. Thank you.